Welcome to the Openly Spoken Podcast, where we talk about the real and raw, messy middle of business and life transitions. My name is Celia Antonio, and I am here to navigate you through uncomfortable action so that you learn, grow, and achieve your goals. I'm currently in that messy middle phase of creating a thriving business that guides entrepreneurs through spiritual healing practices so that they can make more money while working less. And in this podcast, I'll share my journey, plus have inspiring guests openly share their lessons, wins, and struggles. So pull up a seat and keep your ears and mind open. If there's one takeaway I hope you can get from this podcast, it would be to be present and enjoy the journey. I'm so grateful you're here today. Now let's openly speak. Hi, this is Celia. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode. Before we dive in today, I wanted to share that this episode is sponsored by Self-Express Babe, which is my business. <laughs> and right now during this week, I have an amazing Black Friday sale. It's going on until Cyber Monday. And I am offering you my mini course called Connect and Monetize. Connect and Monetize is an easy to digest course that is all about turning your passion into income. So this is a course that's for you if you're a new business owner, still figuring things out. This is for you if you're at a point in your business where you're confused, you're lacking clarity, you're overwhelmed, overworked, underpaid, or maybe you're even an aspiring online service provider and you're looking for a guide on how to launch your business, how to launch your services. This is also for you if your business social profiles aren't getting any DMs and your community isn't growing and if you're not getting engagement. So in Connect and Monetize, you're going to learn how to get the clarity and confidence to strategically launch your business, or if you already have a business to launch a service or relaunch your service, launch a program or product so that you can turn, you can monetize your passions. And I'm also going to be talking about how to attract an audience that will buy from you, how to show up with relevancy and consistency so that your business actually makes you money. So this is a self-study course. It's going to be priced at $222, but right now for Black Friday, it's on sale for only $47. So there's a link in the bio. If you want to click on that, you'll learn more about that and you'll be able to purchase the link there. And the sale is going to be ending on Cyber Monday at 11.59 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Now to get to the episode today, we have Kim Scott on Openly Spoken. Kim is a personal trainer. She's a certified level four nutrition coach and owner of Bareface Fitness. She focuses on the importance of performance-based goals for weight training, getting stronger and giving clients a good foundational knowledge of nutrition. This was a very informative episode and I really love the ties between the discipline and structure and strength that working on your physical body does for your mindset, for your spiritual, for your spiritual side. And, uh, this is, this episode is full of a lot of takeaways. So get ready, get cozy, get a journal out to take some notes and let's dive into the episode. Thank you, Kim, for being here. No problem. Uh, I want to know, so let's introduce you to our listeners. What did your messy middle transition look like? How did you get to where you are now in your journey? So I'm in the fitness industry and a lot of people think it's like there's one thing to do in the fitness industry and that's it and like everyone goes down the same avenue and it really isn't because there are so many different areas and way of going about things. So one thing that really stood out to me is that a lot of people try personal training for a bit and then go for like a gym manager role, but I didn't want that at all. So I um, I felt really like confused and lost because I was like, I, I don't want that. Mm-hmm. You know, those things where it's like, if you don't want your boss's job, what are you doing? So I was a bit confused about things for a while and just like tried different areas. And um, I actually started out in a private gym. So they're actually much more common in the US to like do like an internship in a private gym or even like, be based out of a private gym for more specific training but it's, they're not that common here they get they're getting more popular but this is not like super common here um but I hadn't really found my niche so even though I liked training there my clients didn't mm-hmm. like being there because of like the niche I was targeting at the time 
and yeah it was it was very much a broad niche as well when I first started out which obviously isn't ideal um mm-hmm. I really my niche was just like women who want to get fit and lose weight which is so so broad it's ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> how did you uh how did you then niche down like what was that what did that process look like so I really thought about the type of things that I'm interested in mm-hmm because when you work in a normal gym, you're expected to do classes and you're expected to do like a whole range of stuff. And there were a lot of things that I was like, people could use their time more effectively if they did something else. So I was, I felt like a bit of a, actually like a bit of a fraud having <laughs> to teach these certain classes that I thought these people are like, just, just kind of doing this for the hell of it. Like what, what, what yeah. are they aiming for? <laughs> yeah. Especially if the class had like a name, like, um, I did one called, I had to do it. I did one called stretch and tone, which uh-huh. is like uh-huh. mad because stretching is very much different to a contraction of a muscle, yeah. which is how you'd build the muscle to get tone. So I was just like, oh, what am I doing? Yeah. <laughs> so really pinpointing like about what I wanted to teach my clients. And it was about the education of it. It was about the knowledge. And a lot of personal trainers aren't giving their clients the knowledge. A lot of people don't even know what they're lifting in the gym. They're just like, oh, my, my PC just hands it to me. I don't know. Mm. And I didn't want that. I wanted yeah. my clients to like know what they're doing and understand why they're doing it. So I always make sure as well, I'll say like, if you have a question, by the way, just like ask me why we're doing it. Cause I'm more than happy to explain rather than just being like, oh, I'm just giving it to you because you know, you need to do something to, yeah do the session to get exhausted to just to like feel like you've worked hard like there's always a reason behind my session plans Mm -hmm. so I wanted to portray that to clients I love that so there's like intention behind behind what you're doing I used to teach yoga and I taught yoga at a gym when I lived in Connecticut and over there it was like um it was a huge gym they had all these different things and because I needed more hours there, they were like, instead of offering me more yoga classes, they were like offering me different things. And it was cool because they paid for my training and I learned like different ways to move. But in like teaching it, I definitely felt like an imposter. I was like, what business do I have teaching? Like, what was I teaching? It was like, it was called Silver Sneakers. Have you heard of that? No, I've never heard of that. It's something, I don't know if it's just in America, but it's like this program for people who are retired and you do like, oh. you do like, like um, the yeah, yeah. Silver oh. sneakers. It was really fun though, because like afterwards they would all stay and like people who are older just have like the most fascinating stories in my opinion. Yeah. <laughs> there should be a podcast for older people to just share their life stories. It'd be very interesting. Yeah, there totally should be. Yeah. <laughs> I found I found that when I'm I was actually working at um doing some vaccine site shifts mm-hmm. um over over throughout the pandemic and mm-hmm. um I I was loving talking to the older people <laughs> that was amazing yeah they're so sweet so as far as fitness goes there's like I feel like there's so much information of always like this is a superfood or like eat this this is amazing mm-hmm. or like do this one workout and there's always like all these things of like what we should do. So while I have you here, are there any like myths that you want to bust? Yes. (laughs) Awesome. (laughs) Let's dive into that. (laughs) So there are many, but I'll keep it brief because otherwise I can just talk about this. And I try not to dwell on it too much on like my, um, like with my marketing, like my social media and stuff, because I don't want to be like, don't do this. Don't listen to this person (laughs) Mm -hmm. all the time. Because obviously I don't want to be too negative. But there are some things that, yeah, that it's very common and it's actually like there's no reason to do it or there's not enough evidence behind it. So I'll say <clears throat> one of the things that I'm kind of surprised that people are still um, talking about is gluten. Mm. Because gluten is absolutely fine unless you have negative reactions to it. Unless you have um, celiac disease or something. Mm-hmm, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And some people do have a gluten sensitivity. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's more likely to happen when they're stressed. So mm. it's that gut response to it, or they're actually having reactions to different foods and they don't realize I think it's gluten. Mm. Because sometimes those things tie in. There's um, a thing called um, the FODMAP diet. I don't know if you would have heard of it to so people who have like IBS. Mm-mm. So 
a lot of because it's all carbohydrate based and in the FODMAP diet it's like basically suggestions for things that you can eliminate it's a food elimination diet basically to learn what triggers you Mm. and a lot of people who have that gluten sensitivity are more likely to have um, an issue with certain FODMAP foods so yeah it's just an unnecessary thing that they're having to do it could be certain things that contain gluten but it's not necessarily the um it's not necessarily gluten yeah maybe it's carbs <laughs> like maybe yeah, you're like pre-diabetic and you're having a reaction <laughs> to the carbs I don't know if those symptoms are even the same though <laughs> um they would be they would be different yeah like so it's basically like digestive issues and that's what people or some people uh, do have like minor things like brain fog and um mm-hmm. or like minor bloating but yeah it could it could be down to other things going on in your lifestyle as well so mm-hmm. um so yeah people cutting out carbs and gluten unnecessarily is a big thing I see um Mm -hmm. and it's yeah it's just not needed for most people um as well a lot of people cut out carbs because they want to lose weight but there's Mm -hmm. not one thing that makes people gain weight it's just an overconsumption of any food Mm -hmm. um so if someone really likes carbs and cuts them out because they want to lose some weight they're actually not gonna feel great um they're gonna have trouble like adhering to the diet and Mm -hmm. yeah it's just largely unnecessary and the same goes with um sugars so um all sugars are carbs um it's classed in that like macronutrient but Mm -hmm. sugars aren't actually addictive there is no evidence there that say that like you can actually get a sugar addiction Mm -hmm. but we are drawn to hyper palatable foods Mm -hmm. that are a mix of fats and sugars like mm. donuts but it's not just the sugar it's not like oh, we're addicted to sugar there's this thing that happens when we have like these really hyper palatable foods and when you think about it anything like that there's fats chocolate cake anything like that <clears throat> there are some exercise things too actually that are kind of myths as well heavy weights don't make you bulky mm. there's a big thing amongst training women that I've like seen in person and seen online where women are like oh no I don't want to go too heavy because I don't want to get bulky I'm trying to gain muscle I lift really heavy and there is like it's really difficult to gain muscle Um, even as a man there's a lot of men who find it really difficult to gain muscle so never mind that we're at like a literally the disadvantage to gain muscle when we're women mm-hmm. um, it's really difficult to gain too much muscle as a woman you have to like work very specifically for it or have steroids basically and that's where a lot of these bigger women um that's how they do it Mm. (laughs) point blank like that's how they do it um you can't spot reduce fat on certain areas of your body with exercise and um yeah we just can't really control where we lose fat or gain fat but we can just target certain areas with weight gaining so you can target a certain area that you gain fat in to like tone that area well it would work the muscle but it wouldn't necessarily Mm. take the fat fat um it wouldn't reduce like the fat cells Mm -hmm. in that area you might see a difference from getting the muscle to grow a little bit so some people do find that say like they would like oh I want to work on my arms and they've got a little bit of fat there if they build some muscle it kind of gives the appearance that Mm -hmm. it's more defined more toned but they actually Mm. haven't lost any size there there's always (laughs) that that's an option as well yeah that sounds like a funny uh, hack. <laughs> yeah, you can totally like gain on your um, <laughs> like gain on your arms and your legs, and like if, if people tend to find that they do um, if they if they're new to weight training um, especially. Mm-hmm. But it's like if if it if you can see the muscle coming through, it's mm-hmm. like it looks different, so it doesn't really matter like what size it is. Yeah. So you shared earlier that how you started in a private gym first, and now you're doing your own thing. You, you have your own clients and all of that. Uh, when did you, when you started having your own clients to now, are there any like big things that you've changed, like things that you do differently? Um, yes, I used to do things the way that all of the trainers would recommend Mm -hmm. um even things like the fitness industry is not very business savvy I'll tell you that now yeah (laughs) um you probably experienced it from doing yoga maybe seeing Uh that sort of side of things yoga Um, I feel like it's even harder because like 
you're like more spiritual and like sales and businessy, like that doesn't really mesh all the time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah, you don't want to seem like pushy with prices and sales when you're mm-hmm. trying to focus on like the health side of things. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, there have been a lot of like instances where you're expected to give like free sessions, you're expected to mm. give free programs. Um, people use a lot of your time because they're like, oh, I'm paying you so I can I can like get in touch with you whenever and do this. And it's like, mm-hmm. now I'm much more like, okay, I'm gonna set boundaries. Like this is when we do check-ins. This is when um, we have our session and that's it. It's like, I don't, I don't let people kind of push that anymore. Was it, uh, how did you, I feel like boundaries is a, like a difficult thing for most women. How did you like, did you ease into it? Did you just like, what was that process? Like, how did you get more comfortable with setting boundaries with your clients? So it did take quite a long time and I can't remember the exact turning point, but I remember like, um, another trainer in the gym I was working in mm-hmm. was like oh you don't give people free programs to do in their own time and I'm like no I charge for that now <laughs> because everyone's being ridiculous by doing it and a lot of people in the fitness industry still do it and yeah. it's like actually yeah. you've got to spend time on that personalized program if you give them a general program like a group program or something like that it's different because it's done mm-hmm. um so that could be in, in part of people's packages but the personalized aspect of it where you're literally sitting there giving a personalized program where you charge for that for online coaching is Mm -hmm. yeah it doesn't really make sense and in your programs are you like are you exercising too to demonstrate um well the software I use now um has like videos um if doesn't if if I can't find a good video anywhere I'll like film myself doing it and then that's in the library of videos Mm -hmm. um sometimes like you want to be quite specific with stuff so like Mm -hmm. all my own stuff but most of the time it is from like a library of videos that's a good way to do that because when when I was teaching yoga and fitness I felt like I was moving too much because I would like teach five classes a day and I'm just like uh, couldn't eat enough food because I was like always burning (laughs) calories yeah when I used to do classes I worked in a commercial gym for a while that's where I did um the classes um because you just have to as part mm-hmm. of the deal yeah. um I was yeah moving so much I was exhausted constantly never really recovered um and then I had to try and like fit my own sessions in I was always like really knackered so yeah <laughs> it's not ideal uh-huh. how did your like your personal fitness how did it change with COVID I had some equipment Mm-hmm. from doing boot camps so I had some weights and stuff it wasn't as much as I'm used to lifting mm-hmm. but I had some weights so I did use that but then it got old fast <laughs> and I was like there's not enough weight here yeah <laughs> and it was getting quite frustrating so I I would definitely say that I wasn't as motivated to train initially after we had because we had like three lockdowns here um oh. after the first lockdown and things opened up again I was like I just like had this feeling that things were going to happen again I was like this is going to go into lockdown again like it's not over so mm-hmm. I invested in a lot of equipment mm, heavy weights a squat rack mm-hmm. so I've got that now um I still use it every now and again even though I go to a gym um yeah. but that really changed things because I don't think I would have carried on doing as much if I would have had limited equipment mm-hmm And also that gives you equipment to like create more of your videos. Yes. Yeah. So I film in my like little home gym um, with my stuff and it can demonstrate there. Yeah. So it's really useful. I'm definitely keeping all of it. (laughs) That's awesome. Do you remember, I I love asking this story, uh, this, this question, and I love hearing this story. Do you remember the first discovery call that you had? So I, because I did stuff in person, mm-hmm. I remember the first consultation I had mm-hmm. um, and it was like something that like the owner of the gym had set up for me. I, I remember having a chat with this girl and she was like really enthusiastic, raring to go and was like, yeah, I'm signing up. And I was like, 
really like someone's gonna pay me money to do this I was just like oh my god but um it was something like mad as well she was like so enthusiastic she went for like three personal training sessions a week which is like not that common wow I was just like this is crazy and then yeah so it was just like getting used to the fact that it's like oh okay people want to people want to learn this stuff people want to be coached by me this is this is crazy Mm -hmm. it was like so so different yeah and it must be like did you ever have moments where you're in the middle of training someone or maybe they're like I don't know if you ever do like when I taught yoga in the end everyone's always like laying down in shavasana so there would be this moment that I would have to myself where I'm just like wow I can't believe we're getting paid to do this (laughs) yeah yeah like sometimes like I find it when it's like I like doing group coaching like I really want to get back mm-hmm. into doing like in person stuff so I can do group coaching again because it's so fun it's like I'm getting paid for this this is crazy and um helping people as well and like uh I mean I'm sure you've had those moments where you're like you know those moments of, like self-doubt or like imposter syndrome someone who's asking you questions and you can answer all of their questions and you're like okay I do know stuff. <laughs> yeah that is really yeah. refreshing to have those moments yeah you're like I do know what I'm talking about this is great yeah that's cool I like that um so your first discovery call was your first sale well it wasn't a call it was like an in-person consultation yeah I don't actually remember my first call (laughs) that's kind of weird but um yeah I don't remember the first like discovery call I think it's because this is this is a weird thing in the fitness industry as well um a lot of people make themselves available like 24 7 Mm. so I used to have business cards in the gym and people would just like pick them up and call me mm. and not schedule an appointment or anything so I think like I probably had like my first discovery call just like one evening where someone just found my business card in the gym and rang me <laughs> and <laughs> it used to be like late and everything and I, and people would be asking me questions and like trying to get answers oh, from wow. me I'd be like uh and yeah that's the thing about setting boundaries yeah. And there is no way that a personal trainer needs to be, or like any like coach needs to be available 24 mm-hmm. seven at all. <laughs> yeah. Like there's no, there's no emergency there. Um, so that's, that's another thing that happens in the fitness industry in terms of boundaries. Like I have an appointment thing now and I literally have on my voice, I have a work phone as well, which is good. Like I didn't have that at the time. Nice. Um, having a separate phone, <laughs> it's a game changer um and I have like on my voicemail like oh if you'd like to if you'd like to call me and like would I like to have a call and talk things through then please send me a text or book in for a, a, um, a consultation mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so I make sure like I don't even answer my phone now I have that message and I'll text people back yeah that's smart you have like a streamlined system that's very important yeah yeah even like just the way that some people would just want to ask questions Mm-hmm. and it's like I've just spoken to them for like half an hour or more and they've just asked me a few questions going okay I'll think about it and it's like it's because they weren't actually ready they weren't invested they were just doing their research mm-hmm. so it's like I've given people an opportunity to like do that research without using my time now yeah <laughs> well I want to ask you some questions now <laughs> oh yeah you totally can <laughs> you can ask me what I want <laughs> so for me I eat pretty healthy but I don't have like a set schedule of what time I eat. And I've always wondered, like, is it better for our bodies to like always eat lunch at noon every day or like always eat dinner at a certain time of day? I've always, I've always been curious about that. And so it can be, it can um, be a part of like our circadian rhythm. So like Mm. the times that like your body naturally expects like to wake up and to be hungry and to go to sleep and stuff like that. It can. Mm-hmm. um but it's not like super important if you don't have a problem with those areas mm-hmm. um and it, it's also better for people if they are trying to lose weight that they eat at the same time every day mm-hmm. okay it, it's quite important for people if they don't actually get hungry as well it's like you know some people are just like oh I'm just never hungry <laughs> like, and yeah. then they actually yeah. realize how hungry they are once they start eating that's yeah. really important yeah. to like eat regularly then mm-hmm. so your body expects it and gets used to it I have to set a, a timer to like stop what I'm doing and start preparing my lunch because I'm one of those people that will like be on the computer all day and just like work through. I'm one of those people too. I have a lot of my food. 
my boyfriend's always like, have you eaten? (laughs) (laughs) That's funny. I was the same way when I worked nine to five, like I would have to set an alarm. Otherwise I just wouldn't notice the time because I'm like so invested in what I'm doing. Yeah, I I do get really into my work as well. And then you're just like, oh, but um, I do tend to have like certain patterns that I do on like non-training days. And then on training days, I eat differently. What about eating like the same thing every day? I don't know if that's more, if people do that for a health thing or if they do that to like save time on like not having to make a decision. Yeah, yeah. Um, A lot of people do have like similar things like week to week. So I'm like, go for it. Like have that because it makes things easier. You can totally have like the same things as long as you're having um, enough protein, enough fiber, getting those... um, vitamins and minerals in there so if it's like a well-rounded um meal plan that you've set for yourself mm-hmm. it's absolutely fine and it's likely that you like you're not gonna eat that way forever like that for like a month or so and then change it up a little bit um so yeah it's absolutely fine having like similar stuff every day that's why I actually like tell people to end up doing if like so I do promote tracking calories and macros you can do it in a healthy way Mm-hmm. but I never ever expect people to do it day in day out for the rest of their lives like that would be awful mm. yeah. and I, what what can help with that is eating the same things or similar things say you've got like two or three breakfast lunches and dinners and snacks to work mm-hmm. through throughout the week you know what's included in those things because you always have them mm-hmm. so I do tend to suggest like you know have those meals that you tend to go for make sure they fit into what you want in your diet and just cycle through them and when you get bored you can replace one of them or something are there any supplements that you like you live by or that you recommend to clients yeah so um I tend to follow like the food pyramid structure of focusing on other areas first before getting to the top of that pyramid which is supplements mm. and so once everything else is covered I'm like okay we could start introducing some supplements but one of the first thing I'd say was um is like a protein powder so whether that's like a whey protein or a vegan protein um depending on your dietary requirements um a protein powder is really useful because a lot of us do find it difficult to make sure we have an adequate protein intake and so that is one of the first ones for that reason so if you can get it from food you totally don't have to have like a protein uh shake or a protein supplement if you can get it from food totally Mm -hmm. fine um and I also suggest um, magnesium for people who are training a lot because it can help recovery, helps muscle soreness. I have magnesium every so often, normally when I've changed up my training a little bit. I didn't know that about magnesium. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So um, obviously you could have more foods that are higher in magnesium, but Mm -hmm. having a tablet um, of a night as well, because it can make you feel like quite like relaxed. relaxed. (laughs) That's why I take it. (laughs) Yeah, oh, do you? Oh, fab. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so yeah. It, it helps with muscle soreness. So nice. that's um, good to know. Mm, yeah. So if you feel like you're like, okay, I'm, gonna, I'm probably going to feel sore in the morning, it's a good mm-hmm. idea to take it. Or even like for that 48 hour period at least afterwards, because sometimes the delayed on, onset muscle soreness happens like the day after, not like the morning after. Yeah. I also have, um, this isn't something I'd like suggest for everyone, but because I train so much, I have something called um, Awesome Performance Blend by Awesome Supplements. So it's got some things in it that can help you push yourself a bit more in your workouts, basically. Um, mm-hmm. It's like the stuff that you'd get in pre-workout, but without um, without caffeine and without um, the something called like citrulline, citrulline malate, which is like an extra thing that you'd have in pre-workout. But this thing you have like, every day so it gives you that build up of what you need to push yourself once you've covered all the bases first like making sure you get enough sleep making sure you're eating properly um making sure you're allowing yourself time to recover and then have a look at introducing supplements is normally my suggestion nice yeah doing it at the end and then you can kind of like customize it for each person too and I think that's very important yeah exactly exactly there is actually an app um you can use to have a look at your micronutrients to see if you're you could do with anything else um Mm -hmm. it's called chronometer Chronometer. so if you put like your normal intake in like any other calorie tracker 
um, it does actually promote itself as like a calorie tracker, but I think the best thing about it is that you can actually see those micronutrients easier than other ones on other apps. We had like a call last week, our pre-podcast call, and yeah. you shared about like the different ways to move and how someone who has like a stressful job isn't really going to benefit from high intensity interval training. They need something more like yoga or something more relaxing. Mm-hmm. Um, do you want to touch on that or share any, like how, how would an entrepreneur know how they should be moving? Yeah. So it's, um, it's basically based on what you feel like you enjoy doing, but also mm-hmm. something that you can actually recover from. So I would suggest like everyone does something resistance based. So like it could be body weight resistance. It could be like resistance machines. It could be weight training mm-hmm. um, or some people would prefer doing stuff like running or swimming and stuff like that. But anything can be um, high intensity, depending on like the intensity you're putting in there. The most common one being high intensity interval training. It is so popular. Um, mm-hmm. So it tends to be like one of the only ones people really aware of like being like high intensity all the time but people can overdo it with other stuff too um it just seems to be that like hit is such a popular one and like there's so many classes that people will go to like after work but if your body's already stressed and you're pushing yourself mm-hmm. it can be too much for you so sometimes um when I used to train clients in person that had a stressful day and they'd come in and be like I've had an absolutely awful day like absolute absolute nightmare um we changed the session mm-hmm. if it was too much because you don't want to push yourself further through that like stressful period you want to just like get moving do something mm-hmm. but you don't want to push yourself too hard when you're not feeling it mm-hmm. so what does that look like like if you have a resistance training but you've had a stressful day, how do you still do some resistance training without further stressing your body? Are you moving slower? Do you have lower weights? Yeah, it could be a mix of things. So basically when we talk about upping the intensity with a weight training session, mm-hmm. that could include the overall volume. So your sets and reps, it could include the weight. Um, so what is a, what a good thing is to do in terms of weight training for um, a lower intensity session would be focusing more on technique so you'd have those lower weights mm-hmm. um, and focusing on the movement to so say like something's not been feeling great or you haven't quite like mastered a movement with something. It's still feeling a bit awkward. You could mm-hmm. work on that and lower it. I do it myself in my training. Sometimes I've had like a terrible day for whatever reason, just stressed myself out for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. And I'll be like, I'll get to the gym and be like, I can't do too much. I feel like I'll just push myself over the edge and feel really stressed out. So you can work on technique and lower the weights down a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, also, rest times is really important, things like that. That's another thing why HIT is stressful to the body um, because you've got like the minimal rest times. Depending yeah. on like the type of HIT you're doing, it can be like, yeah, literally like 30 seconds or even less or um, it could just be not enough time for you to recover for the next bit, which is fine in normal circumstances circumstances if you feel like you want to challenge yourself in that way but if you're already stressed it's 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 a lot so um with resistance training one of the things I do actually find is a lot of women are so used to that sort of training they Mm. do not want to rest in between sets (laughs) yeah so I'm like okay we haven't finished resting just like wait a little bit because there is a chemical reaction that takes place in the muscles Mm. to allow us to do another set Mm-hmm. So that's why we do actually have to wait when you're doing resistance training. You do want to wait in between. If it's something more constant and flowy, like um, like yoga or like kettlebell training or something like that, then you can get away with it a bit more. Um, but you still like want to have that moment of having something easier mm-hmm. or like just stop and make sure that you've got that time to recover to like go for it again. Yeah. Speaking of technique and form, (laughs) have you ever, have you ever gone to maybe like before you had your business, have you ever gone to a class and kind of like cringed at like, for example, I used to live in New York and I went to this place called soul cycle and they had us doing these like push-up things on the, on the uh, bike. And like, I just saw people like doing push-ups with like rounding their back. 
And I was just cringing as like a yoga teacher. I was like, oh my God, these people are going to injure themselves. <laughs> as a, what do you, has that ever yeah. happened to you? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Oh, you know what? I used to teach spin and okay. I never included stuff like that because it's so easily wrong. <laughs> it it's, goes wrong so easily. Um, yeah. So I've seen like some really awkward terrible push-ups on bikes and I'm like I'm not doing that in my class yeah there have been quite a few things and to be honest it's even happened in classes that I've done because Mm -hmm. it's so so difficult this is another reason that I'm not like a huge fan of normal classes I prefer like group coaching Mm -hmm. um because if you've got so many people in a room at once and you've got like the music going and you've got like a set routine and it has to be like okay we're doing this this and this because a lot of it is to music Mm-hmm. It's like someone could be doing completely the wrong thing and then you've kind of got to subtly go over and be like, oh, try this. And people learn from following others or just thinking that they know what they're doing. So sometimes people are like, I'm, I'm doing this fine. This is a normal squat. Mm-hmm. And it's like they haven't actually been taught how to do mm-hmm. stuff properly. So one of my things was like, I know I did classes differently and I know some people didn't like it because they were expecting just to like run through the classes and just do what they want. I'd correct form and technique um, because I couldn't stand it. (laughs) I'd be like, no, this is how you do that. This is how you do that. Because we do develop those movement patterns. So Mm -hmm. say someone was doing like these dodgy push-ups in spin Mm -hmm. and then they tried to like, lower themselves in um a like prone movement in yoga mm-hmm. they'd find it really difficult to do it properly yeah so it's important that we you do focus on like form and technique but yeah I anytime I go to a commercial gym to be honest I kind of see stuff and I'm like eh. <laughs> I have to kind of like end up ignoring it sometimes too I find I found it a little not frustrating but like as a yoga teacher when I would correct form or offer like a modified version of a pose, or in your case, like a modified version of an exercise. Sometimes people go into a class thinking like, if they have to modify or do it differently, then they're like doing it wrong. And then like, it's just interesting to see how like ego sometimes comes into the fitness world and they're like injuring themselves because they wanna look good in front of others. Yeah, totally, totally. Like when you give levels and yeah, mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, so if you want to do level one, it's this. You want to do level two, it's this. And then people mm-hmm. who cannot do level one are trying to do level two. And I'm like, okay, maybe you should do this one. And they just don't want to. I know exactly <laughs> what you mean. <laughs> I'm like, don't be afraid. Don't yeah. be afraid of doing level one. You're not holding yourself back because if it's challenging you, it's still mm-hmm. challenging you. So like, yeah. it's fine. Um, yeah, I actually taught a poll class last night. Oh, I've started teaching poll. Um, I was saying I made sure to say this to my class last night because it's like a six week course. So we're going to be working together for the six weeks. Mm-hmm. I was like, if you feel like you want to do level level one of the variation, do not worry. Mm-hmm. You're not mm-hmm. holding anyone back and you're not holding yourself back because you're learning how to do it from your mm-hmm. level. Like there is no reason to do the advanced version first at all. Mm-hmm. Um, so I made sure to say that from the get go. I find that hopefully it's going to be easier doing this six-week course with people whereas like in in like a normal class in a gym it was like sometimes I've never seen the people before because they were just like members of the gym Mm -hmm. and um or they were just trying it out so it is so much more difficult when you like don't know the people at all so I much prefer like a group session where you kind of know everyone Mm -hmm. yeah that's better because then you can really like get them results too it's more customized that way yeah exactly yeah I think it is like the significant difference between like training and just exercising Mm, Um, definitely there is like a progression there and Mm -hmm. you can take them through those levels and take them to the advanced movements Mm -hmm. it just seems a bit better than just being like just do this for the hour and then god knows what you're doing next week (laughs) yeah it's interesting too how uh you mentioned that you're doing pole now that's like you develop so much strength doing different movements like that are more dancey like bar or pilates or even pole I did pole uh in 2019 I was getting over a breakup and I thought like hey let me sign up for a few pole dancing classes to make my make myself more confident and it was so fun but it's like the the girls that can really do like so many things they're so strong 
yeah so. you develop a ton of um body weight strength and mm -hmm. that's the thing with body weight strength like you can totally develop it from like nailing those movements you'll know from yoga like yeah. and I think it's um it's something I was actually going to do a video about because I did one recently about like where I touched upon like strength training in terms of weight training and the mm -hmm. difference between general weight training and strength training Mm -hmm. like there's a difference in literally like your sets and reps and everything like that and the exercises you do there's a difference but I was like I need to talk about body weight strength in a whole different video <laughs> it's you can you can develop body weight strength and stuff um but you do have to be like so specific with about your movement because otherwise like you're not going to get there it's easy how you said earlier with the level one level two level three like you really need to master level one in order to do level three correctly because yeah the form and technique is everything yeah and that's one of the reasons that I really like pole because it's one of those things where like if you don't do it right you don't get the movement yeah like if you miss it like you haven't done it <laughs> like you've not you've done, <laughs> done a completely different movement so you've got to really like and you've got to do the first bit to get to the next bit to get to the next bit when you're putting moves together so I find it like really interesting that way like mm -hmm. I'm quite technically minded so I like structuring things like that together that's fun that's a fun new way to move um i want to ask you a fun question so okay. if there was a since we're speaking to people who want to either are new entrepreneurs or aspiring entrepreneurs if there's like some entrepreneur that's like famous i don't know you pick which one uh which famous entrepreneur would you want to train so that is a tough one because like <laughs> thinking of so many different people but um <laughs> what I actually noticed the other week <laughs> is um I was watching like a a boss babe video mm -hmm. and I would I would love to train Natalie Ellis and Danielle Candy from nice. boss babe <laughs> even though it's two people I'm cheating a little bit like they'd be so funny to train together like I'd love to train them together it as would like a two to one <laughs> session um because they're like they have the I have the same humor and like they're a bit daft and I'm a bit daft. Um, I don't know if you guys use that word over there. <laughs> like um, like uh, a bit stupid in like a funny way, not like in a dumb way. Does that okay. make sense? Like, like being silly, like being, we like being silly. Okay. They don't take themselves too seriously. So yeah. that's what I really love. And it's always fun training like friends or sisters or um, groups like that. It's really fun training together because they kind of um, they get competitive with each other, but they also kind of like spare each other on at the same time. They are silly. Yeah, They're just uh, hustling peacocks. Yeah, <laughs> remember that? <laughs> exactly, exactly. And like sometimes in the Zoom calls, like they've they've said that like some people's partners have been like, "What are you watching?" And my boyfriend was like, "What? What are you watching right now?" <laughs> like, I'm, on a, I'm on a bus table. What are you talking about? Um, but yeah, from like when you hear like the conversations and stuff that's what yeah people are just like what but they are just being <laughs> silly and having fun with it and I love that that's funny if you're a fellow boss babe you know what the peacock means <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I love that they like created an, an inside joke for our community <laughs> we need to if that's phasing out we need to bring it back on some of the posts <laughs> yeah I remember one of their calls they were talking about like making a planner with a peacock on it but how, oh, really? how like yeah but then they were Natalie was saying how like the colors wouldn't match so then oh, I commented yeah. I was like you have to make one that with like nude colors <laughs> I think I actually do remember out. that one because I said oh my god you can get albino peacocks but I think the, <laughs> oh, um, yeah. I think the the, com the conversation was going too fast no one saw that but yeah I was like uh, oh you can get albino ones you know <laughs> that's so funny so in your, in your uh, fitness journey, we'll mm -hmm. divert from boss babe back to fitness. <laughs> Have you always been into fitness? Like, is this something as a teenager, did you exercise a lot or how did you get in, introduced? So um, definitely no, I was <laughs> not a sporty teenager. I did martial art. It wasn't like super, I wasn't like super fit from doing martial arts for my, I know other people can be, but it wasn't in mine. Um, but I didn't actually go to a gym until I was like 18 when I went to uni and there was one over the road. We got a good okay. deal because we were students there. So it was like, okay, I'll join the gym. And I really got into weight training and I, um, I remember like going there like a Saturday morning 
and then going like back home and like being like yeah I can eat loads and like I love that I could eat loads because it like massively changed my appetite (laughs) (laughs) so I was like this is great um unfortunately like uni got in the way like when it things got busier and it didn't keep it Mm -hmm. up for like the whole three years Mm-hmm. um at the time it was just the thing of like oh okay I'm like kind of into it and I'd like have some people I'd look up to and kind of um online and kind of like follow what they were saying and try and like get in, get more into weight training and stuff um but yeah then there was like a bit of a break before I started taking it seriously mm. so what would you say to someone who's like struggling to say to stay consistent with their own workout like if they've tried if they started it and then they've like so I feel like with working out at least with me if I'm regular with it I'm good but then if mm-hmm. I miss one day I'm good if I miss two days that somehow turns into like a month of like yeah. not exercising <laughs> that totally happens and one of the things is like having a goal and not like not necessarily an aesthetic goal performance-based goal so I find that helps people like really stay on track even it could be like x amount of push-ups so we do struggle with upper body strength so having something like that it's like you have to go to the gym you have to or you have to train it or you have to do your home workout to get there Mm -hmm. so it's like oh if I miss it then I'm just kind of like I I haven't I'm not on target anymore so Mm -hmm. one of the things um that I do look at in my own training as well as clients training is like okay what are we working towards what do you want to achieve and I will try and get them to pick more performance-based goals. A lot of people mm. find that difficult at first. I've said like, you know, if you see someone in the gym and they're doing something and like, what is that? I want to do that. And it could be like a deadlift, like a barbell deadlift or someone's doing like a barbell back squat, at like their, their own body weight. And that could be a really good driving force behind you keeping going with that motivation because... Mm-hmm you'll probably know from like taking that time off and just falling behind a little bit and being like I'm I'm going away from it for like quite a few weeks Mm -hmm. you feel like you're starting again yeah kind of like helps you keep going a little bit if you have more of a performance-based goal Mm -hmm. that makes so much sense and that can even be related to to business because like you have to have this goal that you keep going especially if you're new like you could be posting on Instagram, on Facebook for a while, or you could be having sales calls for a while before it really takes off. It's like a long, a long-term game. <laughs> yeah. That's the thing as well. Like, like in business at first, you might not see any results um, or even diet in some mm. people are trying to lose weight and they're like, Oh, I haven't lost any weight. And it's like, well, be patient with training. It's like the same things. We were like, Oh, I haven't got that muscles that I wanted. And it's like, you've got to wait. Cause at first, especially like even more so with training than diet-in. Mm-hmm. Your body's just trying to figure out what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Like your central nervous system is like, what are you trying to make me do? You're still trying to figure out the movement patterns. And then once all that falls into place, then you start to see a difference. Mm-hmm. You're not necessarily going to see a difference straight away. Yeah. Some people do, but you're not necessarily going to, you know, see a lot of um, change in your body straight away. Mm-hmm. So what advice would you give another trainer that's listening that wants to like start their own training business? Um, don't do what the people in the fitness industry are doing. Mm. Um, there's people who like undercut each other in prices, mm. people who don't charge a lot in the first place. There's the whole like free program thing. A lot of people go into the industry without any business knowledge um, or any marketing yeah. knowledge. Yeah, And so I'd say from the get-go, have a look at whatever business resources you can go, go for. Like um, in my city, there's actually like a, like a place that's funded and you can do free courses there. Have a look what's in your area, have a look what's available online. Um, but yeah, get to know stuff about business and having a business and treat it like a business. Mm-hmm. I love that. Even in, even in yoga training, there was no we had some business talks, but it really was not about marketing or anything like that it was more of like ethics of like, don't date your students or stuff like that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We have like a code of ethics to work towards and it's like, that's all good and well. And like, obviously some of those are serious things that you'd like, you would never think of breaking. Yeah. How do I do the business side of things? <laughs> the stuff like I knew now, I know now that I wish I would have known then. 
Mm-hmm. I know if I would have known the things I know now with my current business, I probably would have had more success as a yoga teacher with anything like anything like you know, with yoga and um, any other areas of fitness. Like mm-hmm. I, I feel like because we're help we're helping people, it's like oh you should just be happy that you're doing it. <laughs> but that doesn't pay the bills. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah. It's like well, it just seems to be like oh well, it's like oh well you chose to do this so get on with what it's like and it's like no and things need to change um were there then any like mindset shifts or mindset stuff that you had to work on in order to like because you mentioned that you don't offer like the free stuff and you're not like overworking yourself was there any Mm -hmm. like mindset stuff that you did around that that you could share with anyone listening um I'd say I think I did struggle to like kind of know my worth and Mm. still question like my knowledge around training and I'd always like compare myself to people who've been in the industry for years but in another way Mm -hmm. there's people who've been in the industry for years and are kind of set in their ways Mm. yeah so yeah there was quite quite a lot of like self-discovery in that area quite a lot of like personal development I am really into like any sort of personal development book um, so yeah like, mm-hmm. obsessed like that's all I read um and money blocks was a big thing thinking mm-hmm. like oh I can't charge that and um my partner's um in the same industry he's more specifically a strength coach does powerlifting and strongman um I remember talking with his family and he was talking about putting up his prices and his family were like how you expect people to pay that and it really does happen like people go how why should they pay that and they're not questioning like you as an individual but they're kind of saying to the industry well it's something that you don't need so why Mm. would you charge that much Mm. but it's like it doesn't mean that it's not of value yeah so changing people's perceptions of it has been like a massive thing and um somewhere I worked the there was a new fitness manager and she was like why do you charge more than anyone else? And I was like, because when I started here, I was like, I know my stuff and I actually had more qualifications than anyone else. I think I like, I deserve more than that. <laughs> and she was just like a bit taken aback. Cause like I had worked on my confidence, obviously. And by that yeah. point I was like, I, but I actually got questioned why are you charging more? And it was like, that's insane. That's ridiculous. <laughs> That makes me think of that. Uh, have you seen that reel on Instagram? That's like, it costs so much because it takes me effing hours. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I know. And especially with like, like some, um, it happens in like Paul as well. Mm-hmm. Um, there's like people go to workshops and stuff. So even if you're not getting that like extra qualification, if you've been to like more workshops and know your stuff and you're applying it and you've done the research, it's mm-hmm. like, why shouldn't you charge more? Yeah, Yeah. exactly. Mm -hmm. This has been a lovely conversation. I could keep talking to you forever. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Where can people listening find you online? Um, So they can have a look at my website, barefacedfitness.co.uk or um, on social media, um, particularly Instagram at barefacedfitness. Nice. And I'll link that in the show notes as well. Thank you. Thank you so much for being on the podcast, Kim. This was really fun. (laughs) Thanks so much for inviting me. I loved it. (laughs) Thank you for tuning in to this episode of Openly Spoken. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave us a review on iTunes or wherever it is that you are listening to this podcast. All of the links to find our guest Kim is in the show notes as well as the links to find me and to find the podcast. Thank you so much again for listening and I will see you next week.